This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. Labs, my question to you to start things off today is, have you ever seen a less photogenic group of people than the 28 of 32 head coaches that took the annual coach's picture this year? Um, you know, all of those guys are well paid. Uh, I have to admit, though, I mean, look some like of it. them are not closed horses. I mean, um, and, um, you know, Bill Belichick is famous for just blowing that off yep. every year. I mean, so you're never going to get the whole group they used to do it by conference you know uh, 16, split them up 16. yeah yeah but um i guess they figured you know it's like herding cats i would imagine <laughs> trying to get all those guys to first of all agree to do that and then agree you know on a specific time um so but yeah it's always interesting to me uh to see exactly you know i always try and See how many I can actually recognize. Same, in it's a fun clubs. game. Yeah, well, you know. I also enjoy uh, Coach T standing in the back trying to hide from everybody. That's a veteran move <laughs> from him. He, you can tell he's oh, been absolutely. in that picture a while now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can um, you can tell who the veterans are just by <laughs> looking at the alignment. All right, we got a lot of questions to get to today, so let's not wait any longer. Our first one comes from John Collis from Hunt, Texas. Can you help us understand the waiver wire? Do teams have someone who sits around waiting to see who becomes available when it is their turn to select? Is there a certain amount of time, like in the draft, for a team to select the player before the next team has a chance? Okay, um, John, you have a basic misunderstanding of the waiver wire, so let me let me explain it kind of from the beginning. Okay, the way it works is this. Um, okay, the Steelers want to get rid of a player they put him on waivers. And, and one of the reasons um, you will see the Steelers in particular, because uh, I don't really follow the, all the other teams this closely, a lot of times roster moves, the Steelers don't announce them till very close to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And the reason for that is the waiver period runs from 4 o'clock, let's say, let's pretend today. Mm-hmm. So the waiver wire, the Steelers would waive somebody right now. The waiver wire would run from 4 p.m. today to 4 p.m. tomorrow. That's the 24-hour period of waivers. So the reason that you waive a guy close to 4 o'clock is you only want to give the other teams um, what is mandatory to give them in terms of deciding whether they want to claim this person or not. Because a lot of times you're waiving a guy with the idea of maybe adding him to the practice squad or something. So you actually want him back, but you got to go through this process. <clears throat> okay, so the way it works is um, at 4 p.m. on whatever day it is, uh, the waiver wire uh, is, let's just say, activated Pick a, in, in New York. So teams have 24 hours to make a claim. It's not first come, first serve. The way it works is at the end of the 24-hour period, the NFL office in New York will look at all of the waiver claims made on a a particular player, and then the player is awarded to the team based on what they call waiver priority, which is very similar to the draft order. So, uh, for example, um, this year the Jaguars have the first pick of the draft. So just for to make it easy, we'll use them as an example. 
if the Jaguars uh, put in a claim for a player, they automatically get him because they had the worst record. And then it's, you know, based on, um, you know, reverse order of record. So using that, again, example, the Steelers waiver priority based on um, where they are right now would be 20th because that's where they pick in the first round. So that's how it operates. It's not like you have to be constantly watching and then pounce on a guy um, because if that was the case, you'd see teams waving people at 2.30 in the morning you know, or something like that. <laughs> Whitaker Mack from Montvale, New Jersey asks, like many, I have played fantasy GM over the last couple of weeks in countless mock simulations. To me, it was best when I traded out of the first round in several simulated trades that helped me accumulate second and third round picks. I believe the best value picks could be had there in this draft versus chasing the very best because I believe the Steelers could obtain several good players between selections numbers 50 and 100. If doable, would you agree trading down multiple times to subsequently get out of first round to obtain two to four additional second and third round picks could be a more profitable venture? Do you play fantasy football? Uh, I have in the past, but I quit a couple years ago because of things like this. too complicated to me. I don't like it. <laughs> I do the um, daily okay. thing. Now. I just pick a daily roster and that's it. I don't have to remember every week, oh, set this, set that, and forget that. Okay, let me just pick out some words, key words to me in this uh, submission. Fantasy, mm-hmm. mock, simulated, <laughs> believe, and could. Uh, let me uh, remind Whitaker that all of those words, um, you know, that's the, that's the fantasy football world, the analytics world, all of that stuff. We here at uh, Asked and Answered live in the real world. That's right. And so um, all of this stuff that you're saying uh, Whitaker is theoretical, you know, um, maybe all of these things that you're talking about trading out in simulated trades. Uh, so, you know, you're trading in your trades, you're finding other teams, you know, to cooperate by giving you what you want for probably, uh, the less than valuable, uh, stuff that you want them to take. <laughs> Uh, and then also, all of the other teams are cooperating um, by not picking the people that you want so that when, after your simulated fantasy trades are done, you know, and you're down in the second or third round, you still are getting the players that you wanted all along. Um, now, the, the, the bad news is, is, that, is that the NFL is very highly competitive, and it's not very often that your opponents slash competitors will cooperate in such a um, willing way. And so, um, you know, I have no idea if any of this stuff can work that you're proposing, but it's not as easy as you make it sound. Um, you know, we're going to do this, and, you know, you, then you uh, consult your draft pick chart. I love those two. Yes, the, the draft pick chart. <laughs> yeah, um, as if, um, you know, the clock's ticking, uh, and you're trying to make a trade, and the, the team is going to, and you say to the team, well, the draft pick chart says you have to give me this. <laughs> that team's going to say, oh, okay. This isn't you blackjack know, or, at the casino, buddy. You don't play by the book here. <laughs> right. Or, you know, the team might say, go pound salt, <laughs> you know, take it or leave it. Um, so, um, you know, all of this stuff, you know, if doable, too. I, I love that. If doable. <laughs> um, 
Well, here's another sentence that begins that way. You know, if doable, uh, I want to hit the Powerball so that uh, I'm able to retire immediately and have no financial worries uh, for the rest of my life. Oh, that's okay? amazing. That's Sounds a great, great plan. Yeah. Sign me up. Um, and, and if it works out, but, you know, what's my backup if that isn't doable? And so <laughs> I guess I'll um, keep coming into doing this job. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Talk to you next week. Tom. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Duncan Smith from Greenwood, Mississippi. Do you think Emmanuel Sanders, excuse me, do you think an Emmanuel Sanders reunion is possible now that Pittsburgh needs a third receiving option? Okay, I want to go back to uh, what Kevin Colbert said at the start of the NFL owners meetings, uh, talking about um, free agency, a little bit about what the Steelers had done, and I won't say their philosophy, but a little bit behind the scenes in in terms of um, what they're looking for. One of the things he said was uh, the Steelers generally look for players at the end of their first NFL contract or as close to the end of that first NFL contract as possible because they believe those players not only can be helpful in the, in the immediate now, but also potentially helpful in the future. Okay, so that's the Steelers' philosophy slash policy. Emmanuel Sanders is 35 years old now. He came into the league with Antonio Brown in 2010. So um, he far uh, misses the criteria that Colbert outlined. Um, Now, I will say this. uh, His injury history isn't that bad because he's played 6,839 offensive snaps over 12 seasons. Um, But, you know, free agency, as Mike Tomlin always says, it's free for them and free for us. So you kind of can't make Emmanuel Sanders um, get into a reunion with the Steelers. I mean, you've got to gauge his interest. Maybe he does has no interest in coming back here. Um, maybe uh, he's looking, you know, he because last year he was with the Buffalo Bills. Right. Um, maybe he's looking for a team more at the Bills stage of development than the Steelers stage of development. Um, what's he going to want in terms of money? Um, so there's a lot of things that moving parts in this, uh, I'm not ruling it out and I'm not saying it's a bad idea necessarily just on the, if we would go back to, um, Whitaker's, um, world, uh, you know, fantasy <laughs> world, yes. mock and fantasy and could and believe, um, you know, it, I believe it could work if all of those other things fell into line, but, um, I don't think it's very likely in the real world. Well, since we're in the fantasy world, can we just make Emmanuel Sanders his 25-year-old self? I mean, what's to stop us from changing his age to younger? And then I'd take him in a heartbeat. Can we make me younger, too? No, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) Bob Russack from Hastings on Hudson, New York. While excited about the free agent signings, what is the status of extensions for Deontay Johnson and Minka Fitzpatrick? On a second thought, with such a good work ethic, wouldn't signing Jarvis Landry be a coup? Coop? Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> coup is a uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the. <laughs> uh, I'll answer the last question first. Jarvis Landry kind of falls into um, the Emmanuel Sanders category right. in terms of age, um, and I think even more so than Emmanuel Sanders, Jarvis Landry, and I'm guessing. Um, I think he perceives himself. 
uh, as not a uh, fringe type roster guy or backup or short term rental or any of those things that normally would be associated with a 35 year old player in the NFL. So, um, again, I just don't, I, you know, um, I, I, I can't see anything happening with Jarvis Landry. Um, the extensions for Deontay Johnson and Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, I'm going to go back to what uh, Kevin Colbert said about those things earlier in the offseason. You know, extensions for guys, as they ref- the Steelers refer to them as being one year out, which means they're not unrestricted free agents now. They're not going to be unrestricted free agents until the end of the until next year, right. um, a year from now. So uh, Deontay Johnson and Minka will be un, uh, unrestricted March 2023. So that's one year out. Uh, the, the way the Steelers do that is after free agency that they're currently in, after the draft, then they start looking at those kinds of guys. So there is no status to Deontay Johnson and Minka Fitzpatrick and, uh extensions uh, and there won't be anything uh, happening or status for those things until after the draft and it's like the TJ Watt timetable right like it's kind of exactly what happened last year with him yes yes and um, of the two guys I think one of them has a much greater chance (laughs) of getting something done than the other Um, and his name is not Deontay Johnson (laughs) I agree with you Anthony Molinaro from Oakville Ontario Canada It has been a very busy free agent period for the Steelers this year. They've done a good job addressing a lot of the positions of need. It looks like safety is the position they need to address now. Do you think their best option is to re-sign Terrell Edmonds or draft a safety and expect him to start as a rookie? Or is there another option? Um, You know, I I don't know. I don't know the safety market that well to know whether there is another option. Uh, What I will throw out there is that, you know, Tyron Matthew... Uh, the Honey Badger is a name that a lot of Steelers fans have focused on or obsessed on, depending on whether you read right. Twitter or not. Um, and again, I'm going to go back to, you know, the guys, he, he will be 30. Uh, he's played with a few teams. He's not near the end of his first contract, blah, blah, blah. And I think he's going to cost a big buck. Now, maybe something happens down the road where, um, the honey badger doesn't get what he's looking for and maybe something can then be worked out. Um, but I would think as we sit here right now, um, you know, he's not a possibility. My personal opinion on Terrell Edmonds is, um, he showed improvement throughout his Steelers career. And I thought he had his best year in 2021. Now the knock on him was, I believe, uh, fans expected more big plays, making plays on the ball, takeaways, those kind of things from him. Uh, That's not his game, but he has been extremely reliable. Um, You know, plays a lot of snaps, start a lot of games, doesn't miss games. And, you know, as Mike Tomlin has said, there's something to be said for availability. Um, So, you know, for me, if, again, if something can get worked out financially, that would be my preference that, uh, the Steelers re-sign Edmonds. But, uh, you know, we're going to have to see because I think that, uh, you know, Edmonds might have, I won't say honked off, but I think when the Steelers didn't exercise right. his fifth-year option, 
maybe he said, well, they want me to go to free agency. I'm going to explore it, which, hey, that's the way the CBA works. He's perfectly allowed to do that. It's free for them too, right? It's free for them too. <laughs> so, but he hasn't been signed, so obviously he hasn't uh, found an offer uh, that he likes, and um, you know. So we'll have to see how it uh, how it works out. But there's also some good safeties in this draft, and I think if he hasn't re-signed by the draft, uh, the Steelers will look to the draft to draft a replacement. Yeah, I agree with you about uh, I think re-signing him is preferable. I think he did have his best year in 2021. Availability is the thing that people harp on a lot positively with him, but he he really has developed into a, just a very solid NFL starting safety. No, not great, not terrible, just a very solid player that's reliable. So I think that's worth, you know, investing some money in for a couple years. Yes, I agree. Aaron Breeze from Fresno, California. In your opinion, is the starting quarterback position is the starting quarterback position Mitch Trubisky's, or do you think that he was brought in to have a legitimate competition with Mason Rudolph for that starting job? I have a hard time believing the latter. Um, no, I, I think that there is going to be a competition. I, I you know, you know, there, there, there's things that have to be considered uh, because you're dealing with you know grown men who are professionals and. I don't think either Mitch Trubisky, well, certainly not Mitch Trubisky because he's totally new to the team, or Mason Rudolph has done enough in a Steelers uniform to justify to the other players on the team being anointed as the starter, you know, before even training camp starts. Or once camp starts and the misery begins in terms of the practices and that kind of stuff, just immediately saying this guy's the starter over this guy. Uh, I think for credibility, you know, to allow whoever you end up picking to be the starter to have that credibility with his teammates, you have to allow it to be a competition and then pick the best guy uh, because that's what you're going to do with so many other uh, positions and with so many other players on this team. So, you know, it's not like either one of them is Ben who who can show everybody their two Super Bowl rings and say, (laughs) I'm the starter here, and everybody will look at those and go, okay, you know, I can buy that. So, um, yeah, I I do think you have a starter, or excuse me, you do have a competition to be the starter, and then whoever wins, you also let him know that it's not a lifetime appointment. It's not like he's a federal judge. Um, (laughs) So, because it can change not only from year to year, but maybe from segments of the season, I won't say week to week, because that's ridiculous. But, you know, segments of the season, if either one doesn't perform well, you know, you make a move. And I think it's important to remember, too, they only have three. They're going to go into camp with four. And Tomlin spoke to our colleague and good friend Missy Matthews recently saying the draft is probably where they're honing in on where they'll get that fourth quarterback. Now, that could be in a later round. That could be in an earlier round. But there's still another, you know, ingredient to this cake that they're baking at the quarterback position to be added in. Or... Or was he strapped to a polygraph when he said that? He could have been lying. (laughs) I mean, and I'm not suggesting that that he definitely (laughs) is. But let me just paint this scenario because everybody likes conspiracy theories, right? I love them, yes. Let me just – let's paint this scenario. Uh, The Steelers are are, um, showing up at all these uh, pro days and – um, having dinner with these guys right. and making sure everybody knows all about this because teams thinking 
Oh, if we want a quarterback, we better pick them early. Well, we better trade up and get in front of the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, And then you're pushing down those Georgia defensive players, maybe. (laughs) I like it. I like it. I'll buy into that conspiracy theory for sure. (laughs) Our final question today comes from Robert Enavian from Redondo Beach, Florida. The Steelers have been very active in free agency. Besides Mitchell Trubisky, which free agent signings do you think will have the most impact on the team? Um, okay, uh, I'll give you – I'm going to pick a couple, one on each side of the ball. And if we're talking about unrestricted free agents, it will be James Daniel, I think the guard – the interior offensive lineman, I think he's going to end up at right guard, but that's just my opinion. Uh, from Chicago, the Bears, and um, I think he's going to end up being a starter, right guard probably. Levi Wallace, the cornerback from the Bills. I think he gives the Steelers a situation where they have three um, NFL-proven cornerbacks now with his addition. You have Cam Sutton, Wallace, and Akella Witherspoon. And, you know, you let them figure out who plays where and who starts and all that stuff. The other name I'll throw in, even though he wasn't an unrestricted free agent, is Miles Jack. And he's not unrestricted because the Jaguars cut him. He's just a regular street-free right. agent. So he's not going to count in that compensatory pick formula for next year either. But, yeah, I think Miles Jack is a guy who can help this run defense. That's going to do it for us this week. If you have a question that you would like Labs to answer on our next podcast, get it into him now, and hopefully you will hear it next week. For Bob Labriola, I am Tom Offerman, and we'll talk to you next time on Ask and Answered.